What's up, FA Nation? My name is Justin Fensterman, along with Matt Sells and Ryan Hallam. It's another episode of the Family Times podcast here on FantasyAlarm.com. Guys, what's going on, Mr. Hallam? How are things going, my friend? Not too bad, man. That was a, a, I know we always say every week is a wild week in the NFL, but I think this one might have taken the cake so far. Uh, so kudos to anyone who pulled a win uh, in week nine. I uh, didn't do so great on the betting platform, but fantasy, I had a couple of uh, last second uh, heroics for me last night to pull out a couple of my leagues. Cells. I mean, you were just talking about it before, and that's been the big theme. We essentially had a bunch of rain on our parade that is a fantasy football week. Ugh, yuck. That is how you could describe week nine of the fantasy football season. Yeah, it was it was a wacky one. Uh, low scoring a lot of places. Um, the games that did go high scoring were nuts because none of them were the ones that were predicted to be high scoring and none of the guys that we wanted to score from a fantasy standpoint scored. Um, I did pull off a win, uh, over Drew actually over Drew Phelps in our family league. Um, but I played the guys that I had to play because my bench had Odell Beckham on it, who's useless until he's picked up. Antonio Brown's on bye. DeAndre Hopkins didn't play. Lockett was on bye. Dawson Knox is out with a broken hand. So I had nobody on my bench that I could play. So, you know, I got the performances I needed locked out with some, you know, poor performances on his part. Um, but that was that was crazy. I mean, that week felt like a year with all of the different news stuff that came out. And, yeah, it was nuts. I mean, the craziness started – on Thursday night, and it's funny because the, the top performers, when it came to the wide receiver, that place was never surrendered after Sunday and Monday by Elijah Moore. And that was big there because, I mean, we start with Thursday and the craziness that was in that game. You know, Mike White goes down, Zach Wilson already injured. Here comes Josh Johnson, who 10 years ago was backing up Josh Freeman in Tampa throwing pass after pass after pass, hitting more, making it a game there against the Colts. That was when you knew things were going to be a little crazy, and then it just got even worse on Sunday. And, guys, for the second straight week as well, because we dealt with it with Dak, and I believe Gronk as well in week eight, we're dealing with these true game-time decisions. No one is safe, and it's for the later games. We've dealt with it for Sunday. David Montgomery comes back. Dude, people still started Khalil Herbert, and I don't blame them for it. I don't blame them for it, thinking that he's still going to be involved. Slowly get Montgomery in. Nah, brah, that's not how it goes. That's not how it goes to end the week. This week was ass backwards, Ryan. Yeah, and I didn't think Montgomery was going to come back. So I did have a league where I did start Herbert. Thankfully, it didn't kill my win, but I still thought I had one more week out of him. And in one league, I actually did pick up Herbert when Montgomery went down, and I had both, and I made that switch uh, Monday when when Montgomery was, was cleared to play, and, and that did make a difference for me. So, yeah, it's 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 been – yeah, I feel like this year we've gotten better news about – when guys are coming back and not coming back than in years past, but uh, it's always uh, those Sunday night and Monday night are always fun when you're trying to set that lineup on Sunday afternoon. Yeah. Okay. So a couple of things about the Thursday night game. I'm a Jets fan. One, what the hell are the Jets doing carrying four quarterbacks on their roster? 
They have four quarterbacks. Because Flacco, they traded for Flacco, and then he was inactive. And then they still had two dudes that could play. Plus Zach Wilson. Also, how bad is Zach Wilson that everybody in the world can throw for 300 yards in this offense except for Zach Wilson? <laughs> Even when he comes back, can we just stick with Mike White, please, and at least make... I, and I think they're going to. Carter and Elijah Moore and, you know, even how Corey Davis, uh, useful for fantasy. Like, w- let Zach Wilson sit and figure out how not to throw to the other team every other throw. But why do the Jets have four quarterbacks? Why did they give up a draft pick to go get Joe Flacco to be a third quarter, but third, fourth quarterback? It doesn't make any sense. Um, and then in terms of, you know, game time things, Kyler Murray was kind of a, an, you know, questionable dude going into the Both him and Hopkins. And Hopkins. Now, Hopkins, they were pretty sure wasn't going to play. Right. But with Murray, they were like, we're going to warm him up and see if he can go. So that was – but, yeah, I'm with you. These late game time decision calls are getting brutal. And then we find out Sunday morning that Tua has a broken finger. How did that happen? How did nobody figure out that Tua had a broken finger before Sunday morning? Yeah, and that's not good. He was questionable going into Sunday morning, and then all of a sudden, boom, worse than we thought. Yeah. Yeah, uh, and I don't think he's going to play Thursday, this Thursday either. Nope. Yep. By the way, let, let's not bury a big-time lead of this entire crazy, cruddy week. Patrick Mahomes, another bad performance from him from the fantasy standpoint. Yeah, it's because there's a book on how to beat the Chiefs. If you can double Tyreek Hill, you can make Patrick Mahomes look really bad because he panics and doesn't have anybody else to throw to. Miko Hardman is not the possession type wide receiver they had when they had Sammy Watkins on the other side from Tyreek Hill. Miko Hardman is a carbon copy of Tyreek Hill except worse in every way. Travis Kelsey is good, but he's not going to beat you. When's the last time a team beat you solely with a tight end? Doesn't happen. They have no running game, so you don't have to put eight or nine guys in a box to stop it. You just double hill and let Mahomes freak out. And that's exactly what's happening. And the Chiefs have not adjusted to it at all. He had 14 touchdowns in the first four weeks, and he has six in the last five weeks. Right. I I had trouble with this, guys, because on the website, fantasyalarm.com, in the weekly stock watch that I do – I put Patrick Mahomes trending downward, and I said to myself, you know what? Am I reaching too much? Has it gotten to this point? But but yes, it has. He's had beatable matchups that he should have been able to destroy. You just outlined it, Ryan. What's changed, really? You would think it was like a Space Jam situation, and the monster sapped him of his powers, but then Sells <laughs> explained it properly as well in what teams are starting to do against them. And was thinking in my head, and I know we were talking about this before we started up here, you know, is this a matchup coming up for him against the Raiders where he could definitely bounce back? Because at first glance, I said, well, do I want to put him as trending downward when he has another good matchup? But then I looked into the numbers a little bit more. It's not the easiest matchup against the Raiders, Sills. No, it's not, and let's also not forget that it's been a very long time since the Chiefs have been this far down in the division this long into a season, right? The other three teams are 
you know, trying to win the division in a shocking manner. We all basically penciled the Chiefs in to make the AFC championship game for a third or fourth straight year. Uh, But the Raiders are fighting for a division lead halfway through a season, even with all the -the off-the-field stuff that's gone on with them, with them having to lose their coach. And then, you know, yes, Henry Ruggs didn't get targeted that much. But having a guy kill somebody during the season, no matter how involved they are on the team, can't be an easy sight, you know, easy thing for the team psyche. So, and then on top of that, the, the Raiders' defense has been pretty decent. Now, we were talking about they haven't really faced that many tough offenses. In Like, they faced the Chargers. That's about it. But right now, the Chiefs aren't a tough offense. <laughs> They're just not. And keep in mind, Mahomes still has another game against the Chargers, who shut him down earlier this year. He's got, what, at least one game against the Broncos? Or have they played the Broncos yet? They haven't played the Broncos yet. Right. They have so they week, thir- week 13 the- and week 18. They've got two against the Broncos, who, let's not forget, just destroyed the Cowboys and their good offense. Um, so, yeah, I don't know where you find relief from Mahomes at this point. Dude, I'm almost I almost feel like it's crazy. I almost feel like my ace, if this were a baseball game, my ace is getting shelled game after game. And all of a sudden, for the first time in years, I'm looking at the bullpen early to see what else is out there. I mean, we, we were joking around me and me and Impemba last night on alarm after hours. And it was like, oh, let's drop Patrick Mahomes. No, I mean, we're obviously not doing that. We're not stupid. But when do we start looking at other options? I mean we want someone that's going to get us that 20 points per week at quarterback. And we're not getting that. We're not getting very close to it. I just answered a a discord question about this this morning. The guy has Mahomes as a starting quarterback has fields on his bench was asking, can I pair Judy and fields to go get Stafford from a guy who has, um, he's, he doesn't need Stafford because he has a top two quarterback above him uh oh he's got josh allen the other guy's got josh allen as a starting quarterback oh, so okay you could get stafford because the bills have already had their bye right so yeah the, i've already seen the questions who can i give up to go get somebody because i can't trust patrick mahomes at quarterback well and, and by the way ryan i want to ask you on the other side of this because trust me you've been in this industry a long time doing this kind of content and no matter what decade we're in there's always this side of the equation no matter how much thought process does change there's also going to be people out there that think it's going to be the ultimate buy low opportunity for patrick mahomes right now and i can't endorse that i just can't right now i don't have you know it's not like i'm looking for i, I when i want a patrick mahomes and I, especially with what I invested in, and I know pretty much drafts are out the window, but thinking I'm hoping for 25 points a week from him. And if he's not getting 20 right now, I mean, I know you can probably buy him at some kind of a discount, but do you really think that your league mate will discount him that low, especially with him not being injured or anything like that? Do you really think you could get a good deal? And would you want to make that kind of deal for Mahomes? I think you could definitely get a deal. I think people who are playing him are probably really, really, really frustrated with him. Uh, So I wouldn't be surprised if you could get the deal. The question is then, should you make the deal? And I'm kind of with you. I don't know that I would. Uh, I've watched a lot of them play the last few weeks, and I'm just utterly shocked more and more by the week 
of what I'm watching. And his yards per attempt is just like in the beginning of the year was nine, you know, nine yards, 11 yards, nine yards. Now it's 5.9, 5.7 and 4.5 yards last week against the, the Packers. So they're not going down the field at all. He's throwing these dink and dunks and it's just the offense. And he just looks it's incredibly frustrated. It's because Tyreek Hill is being doubled. So he's not an option for the deep passes. So he's going to Hardman across the middle or Kelsey across the middle, or just dump offs to whoever's in the backfield. Yeah. By the way, leaving this for a second, I was looking at some of the early, early lines here for week number 10. And right now with a total of 55, you have the Falcons and the Cowboys here. And this is why I wanted to talk with you guys about this, was that because here's the deal with the Falcons. Do you think, because thinking that it's a nine-point spread they're going to be playing from behind, Thinking with that kind of mentality and being that it is this portion of the week where we're picking up players off the waiver wire, any other options that could be out there for the Falcons that you can put some trust in? Can you trust a Zacchaeus? Can you trust a Gage? Do you go a Sharp? I mean, are we going to be playing ring around the Rosie the entire time? I mean, maybe Gage, but I, I'm not really even all that excited about him. I know Zacchaeus had the two touchdowns last week. Sharp has gone back to being Tajay Sharp, which he should have been outside of those couple weeks. So, no, I think it's all Kyle Pitts and Cordero Patterson, and I don't think there's anything else out there that you can trust fantasy-wise. Yeah, I mean, as a guy who picked up Russell Gage as a needed fill-in two weeks ago and just happened to luck into the fact that – well, not luck into, that's a bad – but it just happened to be the week that Calvin Ridley decided to step away for his own – you know, work on his own mental health. Um he then put up a dud, didn't do anything. <laughs> now, it turned out I didn't need him to, but I played him over Tyler Lockett when Lockett had 20 points. So, um, no, I don't know that you can trust Russell Gage because wasn't he also like a healthy and active the first few weeks of the season to start the year? Um, so, yeah, I, I, I don't know who who you're going to trust there except maybe Matt Ryan to keep somehow putting up yards. Right. Seems hard that regardless of who's on that team. Oh, it's so hard to find trust with people. And then I, I worried that Kyle Pitts, the rookie, is going to be getting a lot of extra coverage and it's going to limit him. And it's going to force Matt Ryan to go other places. You know, because why wouldn't teams scheme that way at this point? Yeah, but the Cowboys haven't really been good against the tight ends this year. Right. So, and they can move him. So, like, that's the thing with Pitts is that it's hard to scheme against him because he's not a, he's not a Gronk where Gronk is going to line up at the end of the line and he's either going to block or he's going to run out the middle and then just be such a big target you can't stop him. Pitts isn't that guy. Pitts is, you know, more like a Jimmy Graham when Jimmy Graham was in his heyday where you could split him out wide and the guy was going to run like a wide receiver and make moves like a wide receiver. He just happens to be built like a tight end. Yeah. A couple of pieces of news, guys, we should talk about very quickly. Number one, the return of Russell Wilson as he's getting ready to do some battle with the Packers. And also the Nick Chubb, the latest to test positive for COVID-19. Now, at this point, that doesn't eliminate him entirely. He needs a couple of negative tests, but at the same time, you know, it's just, guys, we got to always just be preparing at this point. And with that, when it comes to waivers, and I hate to say it, I know that we all have team needs right now, but that is why I'm. if you look at all my benches across the board, 
it's a lot more favored to the running back position. And I just need to, you know, and it can happen to anyone. We've seen any position, but I'm trying to just land as many backups as possible. Even that some that could get the opportunity, like even though it didn't work out, Jeremy McNichols, right idea thinking he would have an opportunity. You know, he was he was out there. Well, it's not. I mean, it is what I, no one in in uh, Tennessee really did much. That was a tough game against the Rams. Yeah, uh, I'm not I'm not sure that that rotation is quite set yet. I mean, Peterson did have 10 carries, but it was only 21 yards. Like he lit the world on fire. I know he got the touchdown, uh, but I think that that situation is not quite set yet so i don't i wouldn't quite maybe give up on mcnichols just yet but i i'm with you like that I, that's the way i drafted this year running back running back running back running back running uh, every place i could and sometimes it didn't work out like i have one team where i'm still i'm start like brandon bolden because i've had so many injuries uh and and i drafted heavy running back and that's just telling you like how it's going this year so uh yeah, hopefully Chubb can get well. Well, not well. I don't think he's uh, has any symptoms. But hope he can get back on the field on Sunday. But I think we have to plan as of Tuesday that he's not going to be. Yeah. Also, um, Felton is also tested positive too. So, yeah, with so. Uh, injured and Chubb and Felton testing positive, it definitely opens the door for Dear for Dearness Johnson. Um, as for McNichols. I think it's an intriguing play because, as our colleague Andrew Cooper has been pointing out the last few weeks, a pass, like a, a a target in the passing game, is always more valuable than a rushing attempt. It's always more valuable. Even if you're in a standard league, a reception is still more valuable than a rushing attempt, and that's what McNichols brings. They're not going to throw to Adrian Peterson. He does not catch the ball. Guy's 36, year old, 36 years old, coming off his couch, yes, he looked okay, I guess, against the Rams. I mean, it was a tough rush defense, but um, McNichols is still going to get you some fantasy points for sure. Um, and I, I, I don't think they're going to, like, you know, I don't see AP carrying it 20 times a game. I just don't. Like, he hasn't done that in six years, and that was when he was actually still in football shape. So, yeah, I, I would hold on to McNichols. Unfortunately, they get the Saints this coming week, which is the hardest. It's not a, not a, yeah. <laughs> this this week might not look good either. Uh, but you know, hopefully, better days. I don't have their schedule past week ten in front of me, but it's got to get easier than the Rams and Saints after that. Hey Ryan, why all of a sudden, Brandon Ayuk? Like, dude, yeah, 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 yeah. You know, it's here we go. He's coming on strong. Are you starting? I mean, look, you must be feeling good about seeing guys back when it comes to George Kittle. Big game from him. I mean, but all, how are you feeling moving forward regarding the 49ers offense? Uh, I think the season's basically over. My, my thoughts of them going somewhere meaningful this year are, are, are done. Uh, I mean, it's just not, not going to happen. Here too, yeah. That's a massive blow to the offensive line. Uh, but I am hopeful for Ayuk for the rest of the year. I mean, I, I saw him fumble, and I was like, well, there you go. Get back on the bench. But it didn't happen. You know, Shanahan finally left him out there and finally let him do something, and he finally had a pretty good game. Uh, so, yeah, I uh, full-fledged back starting him uh, in any league where you may have been incredibly patient and still have him if he's on your waiver wire. Probably give him a run. They got the, they got the Rams Monday night, so that's not going to be an easy matchup. Uh, but if he's going to continue to get eight targets, uh, and that was with Kittle back and Debo Samuel banged up, but still played. 
and this is what it should have been all season long. So hopefully, you know, towards the end of the year, uh, well, you know, at this point going forward, we'll see him get the run he should have all year long. Yeah, I'm in the Jimmy G camp. Whenever I've needed him to come through for me indirectly or directly, he has. So I I become a fan. He's a, he's a fancy friend right there, at least for right. now, until he really screws me up here. Guys, let's go to the family table here. Let's bring one thing each. When it comes to anything we want, that's what the table is. You don't have to bring sports if you don't want to. Just, you know, look, man, we don't need no politics or religion or anything like that. We we just don't you know, keep it out of it. But still, let's have some fun here. Sells, you look like you want to have some fun. Yeah, so I'm going to harken back to the sport that I cover most in depth, which is NASCAR. And, yes, the season ended on Sunday. Congrats Congratulations. to Kyle Congrats to Kyle Larson on the 2021 championship. Well-deserved. Speaking of Kyle Larson, though, I know F1 is getting a lot of hubbub in the U.S. and the Drive to Survive show on Netflix is driving a lot of traffic F1's way. But we all need to stop and take a second to realize how talented of a guy Kyle Larson is that we all get to watch right now. So far, and his year's not done, he's going to keep racing basically through the end of the year. But to this point... He had 89 races this year across four different disciplines, won 33 races, uh, won the NASCAR Cup Championship, won the Coke 600, which is a massive race in NASCAR, won every major dirt track race possible in a single year, won the Sprint Car Series Championship, only being a part-time driver there, by the way. The guy is the best driver I have ever seen. Yeah. Regardless of series, regardless of F1, Indy, NASCAR, dirt, whatever. Kyle Larson, if it has wheels on it, Kyle Larson will drive it and make it go fast and win, <laughs> even without practice. So I know it's a sport that gets overlooked a lot. It's gone until February 6th when they're going to race at the L.A. Coliseum on a quarter-mile track, which is going to be nuts. Um but we should take a look at the talent that we get to watch in racing. And Kyle Larson is the absolute peak of that. Is he better, though, than William Byron? Yes. Without yeah. a doubt. Okay, I don't know about that. Okay. He's better than Kyle Larson. I, that's... Better. I would put him, I would say that Kyle Larson, you could put Kyle Larson in an F1 car and he would beat Lewis Hamilton. Yeah, you wouldn't beat William Byron, though. Lewis Hamilton has 100 career F1 wins, which is the most all-time, and seven F1 world titles. I'm willing to bet you that Kyle Larson would figure out a way to beat Lewis Hamilton straight up in F1 cars. But what about William Byron? He's good, but not that good. (laughs) He's not the hack that Alex Bowman is. <laughs> I know how much you love Alex Bowman. <laughs> Quote Benny Hamlin. <laughs> yeah, Ryan Hallam. I almost just called you Ryan Hamlin. I don't know why. Ryan Hallam. What do you got bringing to the table today? Uh, I'm going to be uh, a little angry and, and got to say, and for once this is going to be sports related, can we stop the taunting penalties? Last night was so stupid between the one special team guy looking at the sideline for five seconds and then the other one bumping the ref. I mean, it's so out of control. It's not five yard penalties. These are 
big 15-yard penalties and so stupid. So last year, at any time someone had an interception, the entire team could run to the other side of the field, all slide down together and get in front of that television. That was okay. Now a guy looks at an opposing guy for three seconds after he just does anything and we're throwing 15-yard penalties. Why the Frig, is the NFL, why can't they just leave stuff alone? I hate these stupid, there's a point of emphasis. It's dumb. It's stupid. I, I don't know that they can fix it in the middle of the season, but it's getting worse every week, and I hate it so much. Well, they can change it in the middle of the regular season. And another thing, that ref leaned into that contact. <laughs> so stupid. Tony Correct definitely backed his way into that contact. They're involved in the game. There's momentum. It's like these penalties, these hits and everything. And every time, look, it's like every time with the quarterback sliding and stuff. But sometimes there's a defender who had already been trying to go after the quarterback thinking he's not going to slide. You can't stop your body physically. You yep. can't. You could try to turn in a certain way. But, you know, you're going to pop the guy. It's football. <laughs> It's the same thing with leading with the helmet. Sometimes the receiver dips his head down, and that's when you, you know, if he had kept his head up, you wouldn't have hit him in the helmet. So, there's a lot, I mean, understand brain injuries are different than taunting, but this, these taunting penalties have to stop, like, right I know. now. It's sports, okay? It's sports. It's competition. People talk crap to each other, whether or not the cameras pick it up for years. That's, that's just how it goes, and I know that. We we want to limit the bullying. We don't. We want to limit the taunting that could lead to the fights. But there's a certain amount of competitive fire that you can't take out of these athletes because that's what they bring every single day. And what comes with that in competition is that back and forth talk. And again, just let's go. It's sports. It's really what it's about. Not everything has to be soft. Really, it doesn't have to be that way. You know. Things could be fun. It's sports. We talk crap to each other on these shows. They can do it on the field. We don't get penalized. They don't get penalized. We can all have fun, be safe, and we can still talk a little crap smack to each other. And, and, and that's actually a good bridge to mine because in the NBA last night, Nikola Jokic, dude, bro, you're the MVP of the league, all right? You're, you're right now the reigning, according to awards, most valuable player in the entire world for the sport of basketball. And when Markeith Morris bumps you a little bit, you don't you don't just go up from behind and check him down like you're Fulton Reed on McGill from the Mighty Ducks. I mean, seriously, you don't just check him down like that. Give him a little love tap or something. Get in his face and talk some smack. You don't, you don't shove him down. And now what he's doing this whole, whether, I mean, maybe he was hurting, the stretcher was warranted and everything that's out of the building or whatever. They brought out the stretcher. Maybe he was acting, maybe it wasn't. But the fact of the matter is that looked like a hard hit from behind, which is cheap number one and number two. You're the MVP. You're better than that. You Your team doesn't have Jamal Murray right now. Your team has been not getting a lot of production from Michael Porter Jr. I know the next big thing, right? They haven't been getting the support from him offensively. They need you in there, Nicola. You got to be in there. And you can't screw around. You can't let these guys get to you. You just give them a little love tap. Don't shove them down. That's probably going to be a multi-game suspension now. And your team needs you on the court. They can't afford to be without you. They could stop the bleeding. They can't have Will Barton now leading things. Aaron Gordon, give me a break. You're better than that. That's all I'm going to say about that, guys. I don't know if you saw the video of the – 
actual shove from behind, but it's something you'd see in the hockey ring. Also, can he tell his brothers to stand down? <laughs> like, seriously. Hey, they- listen, uh, I'll pay for the pay-per-view between the Jokic brothers and the Morris twins, okay? <laughs> Don't give anybody Frank- any ideas. Frank Oregon to fight on the undercard on that one? Oh, wait, who's he facing? Darren Williams? Yes, I, I think so. Wow. I okay. Look, <laughs> I I was not. I was never really a Darren Williams guy. I appreciated what he brought to basketball, but it was always who's better, Darren Williams or Chris Paul. It was never a contest. It was never. They were drafted the same year, picks apart. Chris Paul has. I take him miles ahead of Devin of oh, Devin Booker, miles ahead of Darren Williams. And now, look, I'd like to see – I like – because Frank Gore is one of my favorite players of all time. I want to see Frank Gore kick Darren Williams' <laughs> ass. That's what I want to see. I'll place a bet on that. I don't care if the odds are stacked against – I'm play. I want to – how can Darren Williams beat Frank Gore? Frank Gore's a big dude. This is crazy. I don't even know why they're fighting. Like, and and it's the undercard on a dude. Aaron ball, Carter ball boxed. Aaron Carter, you know Aaron Carter, right? Yeah, and Jake Paul's like the main card on that, or is it the other brother? Dude, I don't even. I think it's Jake Paul. Jake Paul's like the beast. That's that's what it is. Yeah, what love the world. Welcome to 2021. Let me tell you. You can find all of our content, fantasyalarm.com. When it comes to DFS NBA, hey, we're knee-deep in the season now, so go to dfsalarm.com as well. The NASCAR season is over, but Sells is still doing his football content. Same with Ryan Hallam with his wide receiver cornerback matchup report. I have your stock watch that's up right now at fantasyalarm.com, and it's going to be a lot more NBA because when you have the opportunity to win in a sport, the Fantasy Alarm family gives you that chance. For Ryan, for Sells, I'm Fancy. We'll be back next week. Good luck. Always dominate. No other option. All together as a family, we will win.